It's a three-quarter mile walk down a gravel road. Maybe it was because someone had been doing grounds maintenance the gate had been left open. Still, I parked the jeep outside the gate, donned my hunter orange hat for safety, and made the walk. The road was level, and I could see the swampy waters along either side. Knowing where I was heading, the walk seemed more ominous than any other easy, flat, and relatively straight trek into the wilderness. The trees' leaves are changing color here in Rhode Island, the breeze is giving a hint of chill, and the dying foliage has that unmistakable autumn smell. This time of year, the forest bombards the senses, and as I rounded the last corner of the raised gravel road, I could feel the final sense, the shiver in my spine, the raised hairs, the goosebumps. Was it what I already knew, or is death's icy grip still cold? after almost 350 years. Ahead of me, roughly 100 yards where the canopy was broken open to the overcast sky, stood a huge stone monolith perched atop a small hill. Around the hill on each side are four more large stones, about three feet squared. The surrounding stones had the names of their representative parties carved into the face. Plymouth, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, the monolith in the center bore the name of the engagement and the date. Without spelling it out, I already knew what it was meant to represent. Sunday, December 19th, 1675, on this island, in this great swamp, while protecting the women and children of another tribe, the Narragansetts stood their ground against these four invading militias. Welcome to another episode of Tales, Trails, and Taverns. I'm your host, George Linus. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we're taking a peek at the Great Swamp Management Area in Washington County, Rhode Island. Located just north of Warden Pond, at 3,350 acres, Great Swamp is stated on some sites as the largest swamp in New England. This is a little confusing to me because some other sites list Hockamock Swamp as the largest in New England. I can't seem to find any validation as to why this contradiction exists, but Great Swamp is still a very large swamp, the biggest in Rhode Island. The Great Swamp Trail is a 4.5 mile loop accessible from Great Neck Road in West Kingston. The road runs into the train tracks and a gravel road continues to the parking lot. It's been a couple years since I hiked the Great Swamp Trail, so I'm not able to give you an accurate description of what the trail is like. I remember there's very little in the way of elevation gain, pretty much what you expect from a low-lying wetland area. This past weekend though, I visited the Great Swamp Monument on the other side of the swamp. Now listen, I say other side of the swamp because there's a train track that runs right to the middle of the Great Swamp now. It splits it completely in two. All the trails are on one side where you get to, you actually have to drive down along the, tr the train tracks to get to where the trailhead is for the Great Swamp Trail, right? The four and a half mile loop. And then all the trails are on one side and then on the other side of the tracks, you can't get across the tracks is the friggin' Amtrak tracks that, you know, the Amtrak trains that come from down south, New York, whatever, and they come through there on the way up to Providence and Boston. And if you know me and you've heard me talk about trains before, especially in places like Niantic, Connecticut, New London, I'm not even going to worry about that, but like Niantic, okay, for Niantic, for example, I used to bitch about this all the time. There's a train track that cuts off the entire town from the beach and the boardwalk in Niantic. You have to walk through a hole 
that goes underneath the train track like it's literally it's called hole in the wall beach because the trains have been there for so long that you have to go through this tiny little hole not barely big enough for a car to get to the beach at all it's ridiculous and then further on down at rocky point you have to cross over a bridge that goes over the train tracks to get to it i don't understand that the, the for thinking like the people who decided to put that there like the, i don't know i assume it's politicians or something that decided or like the, the city they decided to put it there they didn't have a lot of forethought into it because it blocks so much stuff i can't imagine owning a house or or living in a place like niantic and having to stare at the train track or watch the train fly by instead of just being able to view long island sound like you should be able to Anyway, okay, rant over. Next part. The trail itself is basically an access road to the monument. This is, I, I'm, I'm starting to talk about the trail to the Great Swamp Monument here. So the trail itself is basically an access road to the monument. I parked at the gate, even though it was open, and walked the three quarters of a mile to see it. From what I can tell, there are no other trails running through the woods on this side of the tracks. Like I said track split in half it would kind of be cool to circumnavigate the entirety of this island in the swamp or even have a network of boardwalks through the area but i noticed the first half at least of the road has deep swamp water on either side some real never-ending story swamp of sadness vibes going on here don't try to take your horse to find the tortoise in the swamp please it won't end well when I finally saw the monument, I was kind of awestruck. I didn't know what to expect, but I didn't expect it to be so symbolic. There's a mound in the center of the open circle area, topped by a square stone upon which sits a rock monolith standing at almost 20 feet tall. It's not perfectly square, so it almost feels like it was meant to have a carving of something in it. To me, it kind of felt like an older, grandmotherly woman, a matriarch of sorts, keeping charge over her family. At what would be the four corners, on the ground below the mound were four large square stones. Not perfectly square, there's cut marks in them. Each one representing an invading militia. Plymouth, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut are written on the outward faces. Directly at the front of the monument is a plaque summarizing the events of the day. It's carved in slate and there's several pockmarks where people have damaged it, probably in an attempt to take a souvenir. It's sad really, defacing something like this. Someone had been there to lay fresh pine branches and small pumpkins around the base. It was a nice touch. And the grass had been freshly mowed. I assume that this is why the gate was open. Or maybe after the summer season, the less tourists that need to be kept out. Also, the Narragansett and the Wampanoag Drive commemorate this day every year so they may have to prep the area for that too. It was difficult to see past the outer ring of foliage around the circle where the monument is to get a good look at the surrounding island area but I could definitely tell that it's not at, it's not as wet at this point. I took a couple of videos of the surrounding woods but alas I didn't catch any spirits watching me. Maybe next time. Regardless of the trail being short and flat and actually a road the swampy woods were quite beautiful. Fall foliage this past weekend was magnificent and the smell in the air was crisp and perfect. At one point I started hearing drums in the distance but quickly realized it was the marching band at URI and not the spirit drums of the lost Narragansett warriors. 
I'm definitely going to visit here again. Definitely sometime in the winter when the leaves have fallen. Nothing like an unrestricted view to bring out the beauty of an area like this. I'm not going to say that I will bushwhack around to find the perimeter of the island. So there. I didn't say it. After this short word from Beyond the Shadows podcast, I will get into what happened back in 1675. Beyond the Shadows podcast. In the darkest corners of our universe lie spaces where even the light won't go. Places where terror and the unknown lurk, always waiting. Join Ryan and Scott on the Beyond the Shadows podcast as we pull back the curtain and peer into the darkness. We'll examine hauntings, true crimes, mysteries, UFOs, exorcisms, reincarnations, mysteries, and all things dark. Join us as we go Beyond the Shadows. King Philip's War started in June of 1675 after years of careful planning and coordinating of King Philip. Most of the war was fought in the Massachusetts Bay Colony and the rest of the state. Roger Williams urged the Narragansett tribe to stay out of the war. In October of 1675, they signed a neutrality agreement with the Massachusetts Bay Colony. Now, I just want to take a minute here to bring up Roger Williams and the way he treated the Narragansett, the Narragansett tribe. Um, Roger Williams was a different kind of guy back then. Um, the indigenous people, the, the Native Americans, were equal to the colonists. He, he had no problem. Unlike the way the rest of them, they weren't lesser people to him. He viewed them all as equals. He wanted to live side by side with them. The property that he bought, the, the, the state of Rhode Island and the Providence Plantations, he raised the fund and purchased that from the Narragansett and wanted to live side by side. So I don't, like, I see him absolutely wanting to stay out of the war, wanting to stay out of the conflict, wanting to live in, in harmony with the Narragansett. I really feel this is why you don't see people. If, if you take five minutes to look into the history of Roger Williams and read about him, you'll absolutely see why people are not looking for statues of him to tear down, so to speak. Anyway, even though they stayed out of the war, the Narragansett had been sheltering some of King Philip's men, women, and children, especially from the Wampanoag tribe as well as some of their warriors taking part in the few of the raids and battles. The colonists didn't trust the Narragansetts and thought they would join the war in the spring. So in, no in November, a colony militia attacked Narragansett settlements around the bay, driving the tribe deep into the swamp and burning abandoned Narragansett settlements to the ground. After peace negotiations failed, there was a Narragansett raid on a blockhouse in Wakefield, Peacedale on December 15th. On Sunday, December 19th, a joined militia led by guide named Indian Pete marched into the Great Swamp encampment. 97 warriors and up to a thousand women and children were attacked and killed during the day. Before leaving, the colonist forces burned all the structures and departed in the early hours, heading back to Kokomskusset. Um, side note here, trying to write this stuff in word and trying to use all the native names, like these are just town names to me now, like these are just, they're tribes and they're their words for different places in New England. This is just normal every day, but Microsoft Word doesn't recognize most of these words like Kokomskusset, Narragansett, Wampanoag, Pequot. It, it just, Pawchog, for example. I did Pawchog State Forest last week. Microsoft Word doesn't recognize any of these words. And it's, it's frustrating because I'm staring at like seven little red squiggly lines on stuff that I've written down that I, these are words, okay? These are, I know these are words. I use them every day. I see them on signs all the time. 
these are just regular words to me, but because they come from native speech in New England, Microsoft doesn't doesn't know anything. Again, rant over. On to the next page. This battle proved crucial in the remainder of King Philip's War. With the Narragansett population decimated from this one tragic night, the tide of war changed. The remaining tribe members fought against the colonists until the death of King Philip and the eventual surrender of Anawan in Rehoboth, Massachusetts. What would the history books look like if the fight was averted? Would more or less bloodshed have occurred? Well, we'll never know, I guess. But what I do know is that the monument stands deep in the swamp as a testament to the time that a group of people, surrounded and against all odds, held their ground to the last, and now live forever in history. You may say, remember the Alamo. I say, remember the Narragansett. Remember the Great Swamp. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to see pictures or video of the Great Swamp Fight Monument, be sure to follow along on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Threads, or TikTok at Tales, Trails, and Taverns. Have any suggestions for spooky places to visit, DM me on Instagram. That's the easiest way to reach me. Check out some other great spooky podcasts like Beyond the Shadows. Ryan and Scott have shown me a lot of love on Instagram. Give me some good pointers. Can't thank them enough. I've told a couple ghost stories in their fire pit segment. And if you could just see some more ghosts on my haunted hikes, I'll be able to send them some more. I've also told a couple ghost stories for the drive-by ghosting segment of the Ghost Hunting in New England podcast. And although they're still active on Instagram, they're not making any more podcasts. So maybe send them an email. You know what I'm saying? I'd really like to see them come back and do another season. If you haven't already, click the follow button, leave a five-star review. Until next time, get in the woods, find your spirits.